Praise the Lord, beloved people. This is Repent North America, and I'm your host, Pastor Tresor, in the Ministry of Repentance and Holiness in Maryland. And we're all led by the blessed Senior Archbishop, Louis Lupo, who is also the General Overseer of North America. And we're all under the direction and the counsel, the guidance, and the authority of the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord, the Elijah of Malachi 4.5, the two witnesses of Revelation 11, walking the earth. And in this segment will be the powerful message that was held on April 21st, 2021, during the global revival services with the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. And without any further delay, we'll get straight into the message. Before we can begin tonight's service, a little introduction just to touch base with you. But if you go back, if you turn with me back to, with me back to Luke 14, it's a tremendous treasure that is laid down there. Again, Luke chapter 14, turn with me there. And we saw verse 34. He also includes verse 34 in defining the church that enters the kingdom of glory. He says salt is good but if it loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again? It is neither fit for the soil nor for, nor for the manure pile it is thrown out. And then when you got the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, this is what you get there. Matthew 5, 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth. But if a salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? The other versions say, how can it be seasoned again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So tonight, this is what I want to focus on. I want to try to focus on verse 14, uh, rather on verse 34 of Luke 14, verse 34, where Jesus is defining the church that enters the kingdom of heaven. And in this verse he says, salt is good, but if he loses his saltiness, how can it be made salty anymore? What did Jesus imply here? What is his intention there? He's talking about salvation of Christ Jesus. The salvation of the grace. The Lord had seen that all these things that he underlined here just traveling with him in a crowd without understanding the true meaning of following Jesus, being born again loving your family so much more than him loving your life on this earth more than him the refusal to carry your own cross the refusal to sit down and estimate the undertaking to be born again the level of commitment you need to engage and he says the loving of goods of all your things on this earth in the same way 
Those of you who do not give up everything they have on this earth cannot be my disciples. So he underlined all those impediments, all those factors that are likely to stop your pilgrimage towards the kingdom of God. And he says, all they will do is verse 34. All they will do in a summary is to bring you to verse 34 where you lose your saltiness. And so Jesus was essentially saying that if you don't adhere to this instruction defining his church from verse 25 down, this instruction that he is using to define his church the true followers of Jesus if you don't adhere to these instructions then there is a apostasy ahead whereby you now lose your saltiness that means you were a Christian but now you lose your Christianity because of the goods of this earth the things of this world because of family because of refusal to pick up your cross because of merely enjoying the church as, as a member sense of belonging and so this was a posters he was warning about but even most importantly is the undercurrent the underlying statement that he uses now to summarize to conclude this warning when finally says he warns that if all of the above cause you to lose your saltiness the failure to adhere to my instruction to obey the failure to submit to my commands if it will cause you to lose the efficacy of your salvation then he talks about a judgment to be thrown out and trampled is good for nothing but to be thrown out into the lake of fire he defines the judgment of God right there. And he's describing here, he's talking here to the church, to people that have received Jesus. He's not talking to the unborn again world. He's talking about people that are coming along with him, traveling with him. And he's warning that if you fool around with the world, if you play around with your hard won Christian salvation, the salvation of the cross and the blood of Jesus, he's saying, then judgment is coming. So he actually said that the church, in this way he said in verse 34, that the church that is his true church the Christians that are his true Christians, followers they have zero tolerance to apostasy. That is what he's raising here. But he raised a warning that if you don't adhere to his instruction, there is a fall coming. Can we start to open up this step by step, blessed people, without, without much time because we don't have that much time? Can we run right away the book of Matthew then? What, 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 what is it that you will lose? What is it that will cause you to lose your saltiness? In other words, can you define to me? I know all of you in your homes, you're now saying, please, can you define to me a Christianity of saltiness, a salty Christian believer? 
How does he look like? I know, Kabisa. I know it too well that you are saying. Then can you define to us what it means to be a Christian, a salty Christian that is fully seasoned and has not lost their salt? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so you can imagine, for example, if you are to go for an interview to get the passport, an American passport, a Canadian passport, an Argentina passport, a European passport, you, you have gone into the interview room and they're interviewing you. What are the things they would, what is their scorecard that they would be taking to see if you can really fit into their country? Hivyo basi mwaweza kuwazia iwapo utaenda katika mahojiano ili kwamba kupata ile pasipoti ya Marekani, pasipoti ya Canada, pasipoti ya Argentina, pasipoti ya yote ile. Europa. Pasipoti ya Europa. You want a, a South Korean citizenship, unataka, Japanese citizenship, un, Australian, unataka, New Zealand. Unataka kuwa mzalendo. And you are now in the interview room. And they want to check if you have what it takes to go into their country to be a citizen. You want to become a Kenyan citizen because you've seen such a big revival in Kenya. And you are now at the interview room, maybe somewhere in Geneva or the Kenyan embassy or somewhere, and they are interviewing you to look at your credentials if you really fit to come to Kenya. What are the things that will be taking? That is what I'm talking about here. What are the things that they'll be taking at that interview room tonight for you to qualify to go to the kingdom of God facilitated by the Holy Spirit? If you say you have the Holy Spirit, can you show us the following traits? Hallelujah. In other words, what are the hallmarks that constitute a salty Christian? The one that has not yet lost their, their seasoning, their saltiness. In other words, when you don't listen to the instruction laid in Luke 14, Twenty-five to thirty-five. Where he says, "Whoever follows, whoever comes to him, whoever wants to follow him, must come to him first. You must encounter Jesus first. You cannot just be traveling with him, coming along. He says you must encounter him and have a real relationship with him." And he says, if you don't do that, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he's also talking very clearly here about the loving of family more than him. And then he talks about the loving of your life on the earth more than loving him. And then he talks about carrying your cross. So if you don't love him more than your life, more than your family, you cannot enter, he says. If you don't carry your cross, you cannot enter. He says, if you don't estimate the undertaking to be born again, the commitment you need to put in, that if you don't abandon your goods on the earth here, the things of the world. So if you don't do all that instruction, don't lose your saltiness. What have you lost? Or if you do all that and obey, what are the true traits, the true identity of the salty church you will behold? 
ni sifa zipi za kweli tabia hulka za kweli za kanisa la kweli ambalo utazibeba a salty church kanisa la uchumbi Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So can we look at the church that is salty? In other words, the great thing that this world, great things, this world will cause you to lose if you fall into apostasy. Now the book of Matthew chapter 5, I'm reading verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's now defining the church that is salty. He's now defining the salty church. She's a church that is poor in spirit. He said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so if you don't carry your cross, if you love your family more than Jesus, and if you don't lose the goods of this world and turn to Jesus alone, then he says, this is what you lose. You will not be poor in spirit. My so the seasoned salty church is blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. So they are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. That is the second trait of the church that is salty. They mourn when they look at the evil and the wickedness that has consumed and devastated this world. And then it says, Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He's talking about the salty church. Blessed are the pure in heart. They are walking in purity. He says they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, he says. Because they will be called children of God. And then he talks about the persecution that they go through. That is the definition of the saltiness they behold. They are persecuted for righteousness. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They are insulted by people. And persecuted falsely. And, and they, they, are, they falsely accuse them. So if you are not being falsely accused, then something is wrong with your salvation. If no one is accusing you falsely, falsely, then you should check your salvation. And so this is very powerful. He says these are the attributes of the church going to heaven. And these are the things that when you pick up your cross and you love Jesus more than your family, you will sustain these traits, this identity. If you love Jesus more than the things of this world, you'll sustain these novel traits, the identity of the church that goes to heaven. So they will take each of them, you have it, you have it. The Holy Spirit has helped him, has helped him, has helped her. The ticking, ticking. Okay, it's very easy. Can we give you time to translate it? Well, it's very easy. I can even translate it. And so, he's talking about 
the church that is seasoned, is salty, that has the efficacy of salvation. And let us look at the church that loses our saltiness then. If you turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 6, you can start from there or you can start even 2 Peter chapter 2, but Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6, 4 to 6. We've been here before, but now in this context, he's saying it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift and who have shared in the Holy Spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age if they fall away it is impossible to be brought back to repentance because they are lost they are crucifying the son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace, public shame but let us look at these very powerful attributes that are defined here that you get to lose by failure to carry your cross or obey the instruction in Luke 14 the losing of saltiness. He says, have been enlightened. I've tasted the heavenly gift. I've shared in the Holy Spirit. I've tasted the goodness of the word of God. And the powers of the coming age. Those are such admirable attributes for a church, for a Christian. This is a very high standard, a high bar for the present day church. Even as you read them, every Christian is longing to have them. Longing to have these wonderful attributes. Highly enlightened. Tasted the heavenly gift. Shared in the Holy Spirit. Tasted the goodness of the word of God. Tasted the powers of the coming age. Those are such a lofty aspiration for the present day church. But he's talking about this church as one he's going to trash out. He's saying it is impossible to bring them back to repentance when they lose it. And so you must be worried somewhere. You might be worried. You might be worried saying, wow, that one already has those attributes and then they are to lose. I have not even attained them in my Christian walk. So this is a high bar. And so he's using this to define the loss of saltiness. That when you lose saltiness, this is what happens to you. And you see, so this is such a terrible state. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, this is what you lose when you lose your seasoning. In other words, this will be your condition. When you are apostate, when you fall into apostasy, when you start loving family more than Jesus, when you start loving your own life more than Jesus, when you refuse to carry your cross, so how come they have fallen when they have such wonderful attributes? Could it be that because the cross is not mentioned there? Could it be that they have experienced the beauty of these wonderful visitations without they themselves committing to the cross of Jesus? 
Yawezekana ya kwamba wameweza kupata na kuona mtembele huo kupendeza kabisa bila wao wenyewe kupata ule msalaba wa Yesu. Without again committing to the again again let me repeat without committing to the cross of Jesus. Bila wao wenyewe kujitolea kwa msalaba wa Yesu. Because he's saying. Kwa sababu anasema that when you become salty. Ya kwamba unapofanyika wa uchumbi. When you receive Jesus. Unapompokea Yesu. When you embrace the salvation of the grace. Unapokubatia wokovu wa neema. Then you take the you receive the advantages. You take the advantages of the cross. Mapobasi unapokea zile faida. Unapata manufaa ya msalaba. This is Repent North America and I'm humbled to be your host today, Pastor Tracer from Maryland, USA, in the ministry of repentance and holiness in the United States of America. And in the USA, we are led by the blessed senior Archbishop Louis Lupoy, who's also the general overseer of the entire continent of North America. And all churches, all altars of the Lord of Elijah are under the direction, the authority, the counsel of the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord, Elijah, Malachi 4.5, Malachi chapter 3, and the two witnesses of Revelation 11. So in this segment, we're going to look at part two of the mighty teaching on April 21st, 2021 of how the Lord is mighty to save despite all the wickedness and apostasy that without the Lord Jesus, there's no savior. Man can't save themselves from their sins. No one can save each other from their sins. Only Jesus Christ who died for us and finished the job on the cross can save us. And before we go any further, I would like to introduce our very special guest today on the show. You introduce yourself. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for having me. Blessed Senior Pastor Tresor. My name is Pastor Abigail. Amen. Thank you for making the time being available for the Lord to do this and to be able to share uh, the highlights of the powerful teaching from April 21st, 2021 in the Global Midweek Super Mega uh, Revival Global Service. Uh, before I go any further, We've been planted on Luke 14, 25, 35 for quite a long time, quite a long time. And we've been planted on it, and so much has come out of that, that, that passage. Even though the Bible's not a book, it's so much that it interprets itself. There were large crowds traveling, not following. They were traveling with Jesus, and they came for many reasons, for benefits, he fed them food. He healed their loved ones. He was a celebrity, essentially, at the time. And you even see the same thing happening now with the mighty Timothy's prophets of the Lord. And every, people, they love the oratory. They love the revelation. But when it comes down to the commitment, it's not there. And Jesus presented the, the cost of salvation before leading the salvation. And he said in the teaching, one thing I want to pull out is that the true followers of Jesus have zero to apostasy, that the failure to adhere to the instructions from Luke 14, 25 to 35, is what leads to apostasy. So, I want to ask you, how does that relate to the Church of Christ in North America? That the guideline salvation read of Luke 14, it says that, we can even read it right now, we can read it right now in Luke chapter 14. This is this is what he says. And then I want to ask you a question. Amen. How does this relate to the church in America? And what, what would you say the message is to them? Because Luke 14, he says, Now great crowds, this is verse 25, were traveling with him. Traveling with him. So he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, and mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Do we fit in this paradigm? So blessed Senior Pastor Abigail. Hallelujah, Blessed Senior Pastor Chesor. Uh, very good question. I think there's a reason why the Marist Prophet Lord taught this specific lesson, this specific teaching, and revealed the secrets of God to us for this very specific purpose that, no, we do not obeying and following Luke 14, um, 25 to 35, and that's why we're in the, this gross apostasy in North America and forced to fall within the church. 
why do you think? Because in 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 the in the Bible, the cost of salvation, he gave us these questions to ask ourselves as an audit. He says, "Do we refuse to carry our cross? Do we refuse to examine our ways? Do we hate goods? Do we love our lives? And are we traveling with Jesus or following with Jesus? And do we love family more than God?" There's so many. We, this can go on for so long. Let's just go to the the heart of it: carrying the cross. Because in Hebrews six four to six is a scripture about how it's impossible for those who are enlightened, tasted the heavenly gift, shared in the Holy Spirit, tasted the Word of God, and tasted the powers of the age. If they fall away, it's impossible to bring them to repentance because they will be nailing Christ to the cross all over again subjecting him to public shame so could it be that even though they're enlightened they taste in the heavenly gift they shared in the holy spirit they tasted the word of god and tasted the powers of this age that the church in north america the reason why they fall in the way because in this scripture i don't see the cross here could it be that we threw the cross outside the church senior pastor abigail even worse is that we've gotten rid of the old rugged cross which is the center of the gospel and the heart of the gospel and what we've done instead is that we have picked up a plastic cross that we can just uh, tie around our waist and go to work with and we're not picking up the heavy cross that Jesus carried we're not crucifying our old man our old self and we're not going through the process of the time when the cloud of God descended they shared that the deadliness of sin that sin is so deadly it's like fire you know fire when it destroys we've seen the California fires which were prophesied by the Matthew's prophets they destroyed celebrities houses people like LeBron James houses destroyed winery destroyed people growing marijuana destroyed saw that the the holiness of God uh, is the wrath of God to neutralize uh, the sinfulness of man so we see that fire is so deadly and he and equated it with sin that I, I wanted to share that it, I think it's almost like the same thing is that you think you put a fire out and then you walk away and it comes back even worse why is it that we haven't nailed our old man to the cross why are we letting him or her disturb the church senior pastor Abigail um, honestly probably because it's just too painful people haven't sat down and taken to consideration the commitment that is needed the price that is uh, the price that you pay to be a follower of Jesus what it really means as you were sharing in Luke 14 mm. from 25 on like it you see the big crowds that are following they're traveling with Jesus they're really following him they're traveling and they're they're like uh, treating him as a celebrity you know they're not you know, like as a fan being fans but a celebrity and they're not actually trying to um follow Jesus, you know, if you were following Jesus, you would train daily to be like him. Um, these people are just saying like a good story, man. They're enjoying the um, the many loaves of bread, enjoying seeing the miracles, and um, what you see is the Messiah stops, and that's where you see the moment of grace and mercy, because these people are just traveling with him straight to hell, essentially, because he's not being born again. And they're just traveling along, and they're not changing their lives. They're just traveling along and watching Jesus and all that see the moment of grace when the Messiah turns around and he confronts them and he tells them that, you know, if you truly want to be a follower, if you truly want to be my disciple and enter into heaven, you have to, you know, hate your family and you have to pick up your cross. And um, there were some other ones I have to actually go to the scripture itself to even bring it up to remembrance. But in all of that, you see the requirements of God. Amen. Amen. It's true. The requirements of God, it always talks about the heart of it is picking up your cross because failure to pick up your cross is what causes you to drift into apostasy. Yes. That 
the flesh, you read it in the Bible, and we're not going to read it, but it's in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20, that just like death and destruction are never satisfied, so is the eyes of man, so is the flesh. The flesh is never satisfied. So if for those who aspire to enter the glorious kingdom of God, the Bible says it very clearly that flesh and blood will inherit the kingdom of God. That's why the cross was needed. If Jesus himself, he had to crucify his flesh before he entered. And when he would crucify his flesh, then he entered. But when we don't crucify ourselves and pick up our cross, when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to crucify us, don't pick up our cross, it leads to the massive complacency, the carelessness, the sloppiness, the failure to be attentive. And essentially, we've gone around joking with our salvation. It's very, very shameful to see in the United States of America that the, the Lord Jesus paid such a tough price, a very, very tough price, that the Bible says a, a good man would even die for a righteous person. That it, it, for someone to die for yourself, for, you, for your sin, and then to go around and abuse that when it was supposed to be us to pay for it. You know, it, it, you can only expect the judgment of God to come. And the cross is so instrumental. It's the heart of the gospel. And the blood is the power. How can we say we're Christians and, and deny holiness? The Bible says that having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with those people. So we, we miss out on so much when we don't crucify our, our flesh. We don't commit to lifestyle of the cross. In uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 to 25 he shares here that the messiah appeared as a high priest of good things that have come in greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation he entered the most holy place once and for all not by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood having obtained eternal redemption for if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow sprinkling those who are defiled sanctify for purification of the flesh how much more will the blood of the messiah the god himself how much more with god himself the the being who has never died never will die the all-powerful invincible being the blood of the messiah how much more will through the eternal spirit offer himself as our blemish without blemish to god cleanse our consciences from dead works to serve the living god and it says that he's the mediator of the new covenant and we receive the promise of eternal life and death has been taken place for our redemption. So when we fail to miss the cross, we miss out on the sanctification. Sanctification is equal to holiness. The Bible says for without holiness, no one see the Lord. How will we expect, how do, you, how do you think the church will expect in North America to enter the kingdom of God by throwing out the, throwing it out and changing it for the gospel of prosperity? sow a seed get a miracle have you ever seen the bible jesus charge for a miracle seen pastor Anthony? no you have not seen it. i have not seen it either i've never seen isaiah charge i've never seen jeremiah charge i've never seen any of them charge and yet we, we've hewn for ourselves a different gospel took a plastic cross tied it around our necks when we walk with it it's flying around backwards behind us and yet the messiah is tears are flowing down every time we have abuse of grace the, the nail prints are still fresh in, in Zechariah chapter 13 verse 6 he says that where did you get these wounds from he said I got them from my friend's house but the ones that he calls our friends he calls friends we're his friends we're the ones abusing him on a daily basis by throwing him to cross so it's definitely important that we need to sit down and find out the commitment to following Jesus and you know hating goods i want to ask about that that's one of the requirements is hating goods in this church of christ in north america it's really equal to the rich man it is equal to the rich man the, the again we shared before but it's it's the word of god the rich man is one of the saddest stories in the entire bible because it's almost you can replace the rich man with every single american every single false preacher false apostle they thought they had it all and then they woke up and they were shocked what do you think would be needed for us to achieve that that status of, of hating goods in this in this life in this in this society where it's always when you have a problem buy something or you want to feel good about yourself buy something 
It's almost like the Lord is pointing to being poor in spirit. How can we be poor in spirit if we're in apostasy? How, how are we going to make our way back to the Lord so we pass away together? Through repentance and apostasy and for picking up our cross daily. Putting it into perspective for our listeners. Yes. Because many times when we hear the message, it feels good, but we never apply it to ourselves. In a generation that we live in, everything is we want it, we want it now. What would you tell the Church of Christ? Listening, someone listening to us today, what would you tell that person before picking up salvation? What would you share with them? If, if you had the chance to lead someone to the Lord, what would you share with them before you led them to the Lord? I would tell them it would be the best decision they'd ever make. <laughs> the Mice Pops of the Lord did teach us Luke 14, 25 on. That is the price. It is a heavy price. You do end up hating your life. You do end up hating um, your family in comparison to your love for Jesus. Um, you really do end up hating the goods of this world. You mm-hmm. do end up having to pick up your cross. And when you pick up your cross, it helps with hating the goods because you're picking up your cross. You're doing things you really don't want to do for the Messiah or the mission of God to crucify your own flesh. So we, sin doesn't run rampant in your life. So you're delivered from addictions and you're walking right and holy. And you just, the Lord will do things. So you just see the things in this world, absolute rubbish, absolute garbage. Um, I believe Paul mentioned it also in the New Testament that all of it is as refuse, it's as dung to him. Of the work of the Messiah and the price the Messiah paid is far more, far more valuable. So it's not even a comparison. Very powerful. I'm glad you said that. That's exactly what the Mighty Mighty Prophets taught us. That anybody who would want to receive salvation, you would have to tell them the cost because they'll be ridiculed on that day of rapture if they didn't walk right, didn't walk holy, if they didn't estimate the the cost, count the resources. People come up to them from bars saying, oh, pastor, what happened? Me, I was in the bar. And you, you were in the church. You were left behind. The mockery would be so indescribable just from not counting the cost. And we sit down and we plan vacations. We plan um, weddings. We plan all these things. When it comes to eternity, it's kind of just like, ah, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll make it or not make it. Or, or even worse. I have the grace, like it's in my back pocket, that even though I sinned, that I'm good, because I have the grace. And, and no, that's a lie from the, from the pit of hell, because it's just as you say, that the cost of salvation, you really had to sit down and think about it, will I be able to do it? And the answer in the flesh is no, it's not possible. You have to surrender your entire life to Jesus. You have to surrender your entire life to the Holy Spirit for him to help you to get there. And without which, if we don't, we lose our saltiness. And, you know, many times when we're traveling along, like it says, the, the church traveling, traveling along and not following, they fall because they enjoy the visitations, but they don't commit to the cross. You know, and th- that is so applicable, even to the church, even in, in this ministry. Cripples are raised almost every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Every hour, every minute, wonders are. The, the Bible says that Jesus, if they were to count his miracles, it wouldn't be enough books to fit in the world. And the miracles we're seeing now from the mightiest, mightiest prophets, I can't even, be, I don't even know where to begin. But how deadly would that be to enjoy these visitations and fall at such mm-hmm. an hour? You know, it, it, it really is something. And the apostasy, it, it starts off you know, just by not committing to the cross. It comes very slowly. Why do you think that we as a church have tolerated sin so much in our lives? Why have we tolerated so much sin in the church in North America? Why have we, we, we let the, the, the church go unrebuked, the sheep go unrebuked? Why is that? Uh, hallelujah, bless the senior pastor Chesor. Uh, well, first of all, apostasy comes in very subtly. It starts off with just one sin, and it could be something in your life, something very small. Mm. And you know it's a sin, and you don't put a stop to it. And what happens is that the enemy will continue to administer more sin, more apostasy into your life, little by little, very subtly, so you don't notice. 
and so it continues to grow and grow until you've reached a point where you really can't even speak up and rebuke sin because you yourself are in enormous sin. That, that's very powerful. That's the exact answer because it's true that when you don't rebuke sin in your own life, mm-hmm. you become a, a, a big hypocrite and not even able to to preach with authority with power. Mm-hmm. And the devil does bring it up in a very small, subtle way. You know, for, for us, because again, I don't want to miss anybody. I, want, I don't want this message to miss anyone. For us, there's such thing as white lies. Mm-hmm that's okay mm. sin graduates sexual sin yes the rampant sexual sin that has defiled this entire generation that it is shocking now that things have graduated where there's transgender bathrooms women and children are going in the same bathroom men and women are going in the same bathroom they're teaching it in school all from like you said tolerating sin it starts off with, with one, and the next thing you know, it, it graduates to another. That's why we have to turn away from sin, literally shy away from it, literally turn our backs from sin because it graduates. Mm-hmm. It's not a respecter of people. It, the whole earth, before the Lord sent Elijah in apostasy, big, big apostasy, and it, it is really, it's a miracle for the Lord to send the two greatest prophets of all time back to the earth to preach this message at such a time when many have fallen and this is the time where the greatest fall in the church is happening so it's very powerful what you said that it comes in very slowly by tolerating sin not rebuking it in the church seeing someone in sin and they're in the present day church you can't even touch people because you're shelling out liquid cash you know on global christian tv they're sowing a big seed so you can't rebuke them those are the women that quote unquote stand with the pastor but it does start with a small thing and this was from one of the previous teachings the last ones it was really powerful because it has to do with what you just said that sin when it graduates you know it gets to the point where you said you can't even preach and is it shocking that with the amount of coronavirus deaths that the thorns and thistles the judgment of God against sin has befallen us because of this little apostasy it graduated to what we're seeing now dead bodies everywhere dead bodies everywhere how can we listen to another how can we go to how can we listen to global Christian TV Senior Pastor Africa it's just madness Senior Pastor Chesor it really is Um, everybody has been created has been created by God and everybody knows and recognizes who God is they can recognize the Godhead the visitation of the Godhead upon the earth and yet these people are attempting to ignore the Lord. Mm. They're trying to ignore the servants of the Lord. The Lord has sent to prepare us for heaven. We're attempting to ignore it. We're attempting to ignore the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. And so the Lord sent us a coronavirus in the hopes that we would repent. To bring judgment, like you said, the holiness of the Lord is the wrath of God coming to neutralize wickedness. You know, putting an end to the bars, the clubs, the days of... Um, the parades of um, homosexuality where they celebrate it on a, s- a special day. Um, and you know, we saw that actually last year. Uh, when coronavirus did come and sweep in, that day was canceled. It was a big day. I was, I was really happy. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, let, let us uh, continue this. This is something, you, you pointed out something very big, Senior Pastor Abigail. The last year in 2020, historic historic times that we have never seen before just the amount of dead bodies that have piled up i think now we're at three million globally mm-hmm. and you know we've been through many wars and we've never seen this amount of deaths like never this. world war ii i think was 400 like 410,000 in the u.s or not even just the u.s globally right yeah. but in the u.s it's more than half a million Currently, I think we're at 600,000 deaths. And the, that is just of April 2020. Two, uh, April 20th, 2021. That yeah. this, that's the number. <laughs> but last year when it first started, <laughs> see, personally, it was very frightening and shocking to even see the earth go to that direction uh, with the church still here. That was unbelievable. 
it was like the apocalypse already happened. Yep. There was these place, these these uh, festivals and things that mm. had closed down. Things like Coachella, South by Southwest, where people go do immorality and naked do orgies. I, I, it was shocking. NBA games were canceled. Hallelujah. Everything was canceled, and yet, when all that happened, mm-hmm. when they had a little reprieve, everyone went to their nude beaches. They didn't repent. You know, it's really scary because the, the mightiest, mightiest prophet shared that. You know, for those people, what happens is that no matter how much you preach, it preach it hardens the heart even more. You know, it really it takes a miracle of God to open the eyes of, of these people because 350 million Americans is a lot of people mm. eternally. Mm. It's a lot of people. And the direction we're going, it's not the right direction. We can't be ignoring the mightiest, mightiest prophecy of the Lord that so many presidents have been in and out of office like revolving doors and they're still not helping the nation. All these false pastors and false apostles putting themselves in and nominating themselves, trying to promote themselves to be bishops, they're leading us to the kingdom of heaven. What is it that, why, why, can't, why can't we see that the cloud of God has descended? Which heaven do we expect to, to go to when the cloud of God has descended and yet we want to knock on the door to heaven like we're going to enter, ignoring the greatest visitation of the churches we held? It, it was really a, quite a shocking time, and it, it was really eye-opening because it said that this is the coronavirus. There's many more plagues that are going to come. They're going to be much worse than this. Who wants to stay around and live in the earth? Yeah, would you would you want to stay around? No. So how is it that for as a generation that we, we still haven't returned? You know, it. I can see it really grieving the heart of the Lord that He's taking away. It's like a parent taking away, like uh, removing you from a, from a from a bad relationship, from a from bad company, or from from removing you from eating terrible foods, and they're still not learning. You know, they're still they still want to go back to slavery, and, and that's actually where. I want to talk about from what the mightiest prophets of the Lord shared that the Lord is mighty to save, mm-hmm. very mighty to save. Mm-hmm. And in Hosea chapter one, verses th- uh, verse three, that the Lord made Hosea marry a prostitute to show the pain that he goes through when he goes into apostasy. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no reason for us to go into apostasy when that is the heart of the Lord. That's one of the few scriptures where it shows the heart of the Lord concerning how we are in apostasy. This generation, this church, the worst thing about apostasy I think we should inform everyone listening is is that the beast that comes, the beast that comes and allows the woman to ride on it, on it, that beast is the apostasy is so deadly they become the church that is killing the Christians in the great tribulation the mightiest mightiest prophecy of the Lord shared that just recently that apostasy sin graduates, it graduates from tolerating little sin, going from tolerating sin, not even able to rebuke because you're in mass sin and then the church that is persecuting the holy church that's where the apostasy moves to what is the message? What is what is the message to, to the church here in the states? The apostasy is it anything to hold on to for the sake of the eternal kingdom of God? Um, no, it definitely is not. But it's like the uh, the vision and mission of the ministry is to prepare the way the Messiah is coming, and the mission is to the church needs to repent and get all all sin and all apostasy because it will take us straight to hell. Thankfully, the, the Lord gave the antidote to apostasy in uh, the book of Jude, uh, verse 20 to 25. And there's things to sustain the saltiness, to not to fall. And I want to go right there and read that scripture. That way we're anchored on the word. And the Lord has provided a solution. That despite our condition, the Lord is still mighty to save 
that despite our condition, he still loves us. That doesn't mean we continue in sin, but he's waiting for us to repent. He's waiting and waiting for us to repent. In Jude verse 20, there's only one chapter in Jude. He says, but you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, expecting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. That he says mixing mercy with fear. So you can see one of the things is the reason why we've fallen is there's no fear of God. Mm-hmm. Could that be true? Is that why we see the rampant sin? Amen. That's the senior pastor. So one thing we find is that the church really just thinks that Christ Jesus is just the baby in a manger and not realizing that he will come back as a judge to kill rebellious mankind. It really should strike fear of God in your heart. Amen. I, I totally agree with you. He's not coming back to bear sins anymore. He's coming back as a triumphant king and to put to death to his enemies, those who abuse the grace. It was a powerful message. I wanted to ask you, what was your takeaway from that message? The thing that really touched your heart, Senior Pastor Um, The Mighty Pastor were sharing about how the how Christians lose their, salty, their saltiness. And um, I was really listening to avoid those things. And I was realizing that, okay, carelessness was one of them. Carelessness in Christian salvation, taking it as a joke, taking it seriously. They said laziness, so it's very good to keep busy, to keep working um, in holiness and righteousness. And we met, they mentioned also being very serious and watchful and alert and just not being casual because it is a battleground because the devil does want to take down the elect of God, those that are walking in righteousness and holiness. We are the targets. Those that are out there and still in sin, they're not the targets. We are targets, those that are walking in holiness and righteousness, but the mighty Holy Spirit. And so there's no need for us to be careless and lax because they'll send us straight into apostasy and straight into the abuse of grace and straight to hell. Amen. Amen. That's true. Um, the starry host, or you see the devil flung a third of the stars from heaven on his way down. And that's what he's looking for. His it's really amazing the compassion of God you know there's a scripture in Zechariah um, about how the crown jewels of the Messiah is the people the, the dust Amen. and yet Lucifer the chief angel archangel the centerpiece of worship in heaven we don't know how many trillions of years he's worshiping the minute pride came up and he fell because of that self-centeredness of how does this benefit me the Lord didn't even repentance. So it, it, it really it really speaks so much about the compassion of God because in Hosea verse eleven, Hosea chapter eleven, verse eight, he says, How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I surrender you, Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Saboim? I've had a change of heart. My compassion is steered. It, it really is powerful because despite all the apostasy, the biggest takeaway for me, despite all the apostasy, that is not a license to sin, but the Lord is not going to give up on his people. That it's the fight for the souls. The greatest battle has been going on. That stuff of why you see, oh, it's really terrible. The drunkenness, the homosexuality, sexual sin, all of that, everything. The, the greatest battle on the, since eternity has been for who will be worshipped and it determines what we see in our news, what we see in our phones, advertisements, what we see when we even walk out the house. It's all about that battle and for the compassion of God, for for him to still, despite the apostasy, it's like the prodigal son, the Lord is waiting, waiting for his people to return and that even though the Lord is holy and that's the main characteristic of the Lord, most important. His compassion betrays him. His graciousness betrays him. And we should definitely take advantage of that as a church in the United States of America and in North America. Thank you for being on the show today, Senior Pastor Abigail. Thank you for having me. Bless the Senior Pastor as well. Amen. And uh, this has been a very uh, powerful time 
to hear from the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. Always tune into the Global Revival Services. You can listen to them on JesusIsLordRadio.info. Repent and prepare the way YouTube channel. Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays as the Lord leads. It's the only way to prepare for the kingdom of heaven. We've been your host, Pastor Trey Sword. 